Oh, we got former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich on the show tonight, Congressman Jim Jordan on the show. We got a bunch of written house talk, an outstanding light in the mood on I'm Right. It wasn't Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Wisconsin. It was the right to self-defense on trial. And if I was convicted, no one would be able, no one would ever be privileged to defend their life against attackers. And thank God they came to the correct verdict of a not guilty. Thank God indeed. Have we thought about exactly what happened there enough. I know it's been all over the news. It's all anyone can talk about for a couple weeks, right? You get these high-profile trials and everyone picks a side and we're all arguing. You're you're yelling at your aunt on Facebook. I, I, I get it. I get it. But have we unpacked exactly why the left got so mad at him. Even to this day, they're, they're lining up behind him. We have a lot more Kyle Rittenhouse from Tucker Carlson show. We have a lot more of that. We'll get to that in a second. But have we thought about it? Why all the outrage? I mean, think about this. How many people will ever even step foot in Kenosha, Wisconsin? Not many. 99.9% of this population couldn't even find it on a map if I gave you one. Okay, so... It's not a connection to the town. It's not a connection to any of the people involved, not specifically. I mean, the name Kyle Rittenhouse? No one knew that name. The two scumbags who are now dead, the two dead communists? No one knew either of those guys? And all the people, from politicians to celebrities, out there mourning for them and mourning this decision? None of them knew the guys. So there's no personal connection. Okay, that's a little weird. There's no personal connection at all. None of them, when when it comes to the two guys who were dead, the two dead communists, none of the people defending them right now were yelling about Kyle Rittenhouse. None of them would hang around either of those losers, ever. Both criminals, losers. One's a pedophile, the other one beat up his grandma. Not a single celebrity or politician saying, ah, justice wasn't served. None of them would hang around. So why... Why all the animosity? What's really going on? What happened? I don't understand. How could could everyone run to the defense of a couple of criminals over some law-abiding 17-year-old kid who was actually cleaning up graffiti off the walls that morning like a do-gooder kid at 17? I would have never gone to clean up graffiti. Would have been out uh, chasing women around or something stupid. This is a good kid. Why all the outrage then? Have you really thought about it? Have you unpacked it? Because I'm going to explain it to you, and then we'll play some more Kyle here. You understand, when I call these people communists, I'm not trying to use hyperbole. I'm not trying to be over the top. I'm trying to explain exactly who and what these people are. Why do you think, why do you think I do end up being right about so much? Why? It's not, certainly not because of my intelligence. It's because I know exactly who I'm dealing with, and I understand the way these people think. The outrage you saw at Kyle Rittenhouse and the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and the mourning of the scumbag communists, the outrage can be easily explained. It's not complicated. The people on the left in this country, they do want to destroy the entire country. That is not being over the top. If they had their way, they would torch 
all our cities. They would destroy everything in their path. These people are communists who believe the world needs a new order. It must be burned to the ground so it can then be rebuilt in some cultural Marxist utopia. That is what they believe. Don't yell at me. That's, what, that's, what, that's how they think. What did Kyle Rittenhouse represent? Kyle Rittenhouse represented somebody who would step in and challenge their sick religion. Remember, communism is a religion. That's what this was about. They feel as if they have a warrant from God himself, and they do from their communist God. They feel as if they have a, a warrant from God himself. They have a right to destroy. Of course they're allowed to wreck this evil, dirty country. It must be brought to its knees. My communist God believes that. Who is this person who would stand in the way of it? No one is allowed to stand in the way of it. This is the will of God. When you understand that everything I just told you is true and not over the top, not just playing it up for TV, when you understand what I just said is true, Nothing you see out there will ever surprise you again. These people do not have a different political opinion than you. Well, they just see things differently. These people are trying to burn your house down while you're trying to improve it. Understand that. You'll never be confused again. All the outrage about him, all the mourning of the two scumbag felons, it was all about one thing and one thing only. The communist feels he has a right to destroy America, and he feels anyone who stops him from doing so is opposing his religion, his right to practice his religion. That's a fact. We threw this poor kid in jail for 87 days. I didn't have running water. Seriously. I had a phone also, but I did not have running water, so I didn't shower until November 20th. How long From is October that? 31st to November 20th, I did not take a shower. That's disgusting. I, it very. Um, I smelled terrible. I felt sick. I lost weight. My health was degrading. Um, if I was in there for enough, a month longer, I would have probably been in a hospital. 87 days? 17 years old? Not only self-defense, remember. Self-defense on camera. I realize this trial got really high profile, and now most of the country has seen at least some of the footage out there, but this footage was not difficult to come by. On the night it happened, I was watching virtually all the footage that came out during the trial, and I know you probably were too. It was all over online. It was everywhere. And we took this kid, and we threw him in jail, awaiting trial without running water for 87 days. Why? Well, because we have a local prosecutor, a committed communist. He thought that he should make an example of the person who would dare step up to the Black Lives Matter Antifa sacred mob out there. 87 days. And remember, my, my friend Buck Sexton of Hold the Line on the first made this point, and he's 100% right about it. If we didn't have video... That kid probably gets convicted, even though it was clearly self-defense. If we didn't have video, forget 87 days, that kid is probably currently locked up in a state penitentiary in Wisconsin for the rest of his natural life. That's sick. It is extremely sick. And look, it's not as if the communists are backing off now. 
They feel like one got away. They feel like somebody was able to defy their God and get away with it. So, you know history. How do religious fanatics normally react when somebody defies their God? Well, the death threats are coming in. Yeah, I see some of the threats, some of the things people say. It's absolutely sickening. Has, do, are you confident that the government will protect you from these threats? Because that's, of course, the government's job. I hope so, but we all know how the FBI works. Indeed we do, and man, what does that say about us now that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has become a punchline? Think about that. That's crazy to me. I, I, when I was a kid, I used to want to be an FBI agent. You know, one of the guys with the blue jacket, yellow lettering on the back, who didn't? Now, the person who pays attention at all hears FBI and they go, well, gosh, here we go, another left-wing group. What a sad place we're in in our country. And I'm glad it looks like Kyle's out to get his pound of flesh. What did you make of the President of the United States calling you a white supremacist? Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's, it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. I think a lot of people watching have reached the same conclusion. Um, and they would like to see you, you know, help make this better by holding some of these liars to account. Do you, do you plan to do that? I have really good lawyers who are taking care of that right now. Um, so I'm hoping one day there will be some, there will be accountability for their actions that they did. I hope so too. I don't know what the solution is to what we have going on in this country, but I know when the system itself can paint an innocent kid as a dirty white supremacist murderer with no evidence whatsoever, that is not a healthy system. When the system can pick somebody, make up a lie about them, and destroy their reputation, that is not going to sustain long-term. The system must be fixed in some way. Now let's fast forward to another part of Wisconsin. Let's fast forward to this terrorist attack. Here's what happened. Career criminal got in his red SUV, plowed it through a parade. I'm sure you've seen the video by now. And if you haven't, don't. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's not exactly, it, it's not great stuff, all right? So just don't dwell on it too long. But I want you to know something. It's not an accident this happened because this guy was just let out on bail a couple days before on $1,000 bail. $1,000 he was let out. How could that happen? Why would that happen? Why do communists love letting violent criminals out of jail? I mean, you've seen these problems plague the country right now. New York is being ravaged by it. It's happening all over the country. You have these oftentimes Soros-backed DAs. They get elected and people start just getting right out of jail. Just violent criminals with little bail or no bail, just turning them right loose. Why? It doesn't make sense, does it? I mean doesn't make any sense. We know, it's not a mystery, we know violent criminals almost always go back and commit more acts of violence. So, I mean, surely even the communist wants to live in a safe society. Jesse, I don't understand. Well, we're going to go over a couple things and then I'm going to unpack it for you here. 
You see, the next day after this violent criminal who just got out after some garbage bail and then he drove through a bunch of people, murdered a bunch of people with his car, the very next day, AOC went online and promoted her bail reform. She sent a letter to the New York City District Attorneys requesting, you know, lower bail, no bail. That's to help out people of color, of course, and, and the lower, the less fortunate. And th th that's what AOC sent out. And... Almost at the exact same time, Jonathan Swan sat down with other squad member Rashida Tlaib, and they had a very interesting conversation as well about her desire to empty the federal prisons. To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah, I, again, I think that everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to just release everybody. That's not That's what, what I'm, the facts Yeah, is. but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, I know, but the act that you so endorsed keep, actually gonna, says release everyone But in 10, in 10 years. years, but think about it. Who are releasing? But there are like human traffickers. Oh, I know. Child sex. That's weird. She wants to empty the federal prisons. As you just heard him say, human traffickers, uh, child predators, organized crime figures. I mean, the, the federal prisons are full of some really nasty characters. So why? I mean, AOC wants to release the prisoners and Bill de Blasio and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, all these scumbag DAs across the country. This guy who just murdered all these people and was contact. I don't understand. I know you don't understand. Well, you might, but I know your friends probably don't. People don't understand this because the, tr the reality of it, the truth of it, is very, very hard to accept. Easy to hear, hard to accept. The communist turns loose violent criminals for the same reason now that he always has. Lenin did this. Stalin did this. Mao did this. This is the norm. Communists, especially when they're beginning their revolution, they turn violent criminals loose. They do it. Not because they care about the race or the less fortunate or any of that garbage. They do it because they understand full well these people will go commit more acts of violence. That will in turn make you feel unsafe. It will make you feel like there's chaos all around you and there's no control and somebody protect me. The communist understands now as he always has. You will never accept willingly. You will never willingly accept communism when things are good. Happy, content, grateful people don't say, I think I'm gonna tear everything down and make a worker's paradise. You must create misery for that. They create misery on purpose. It's not more complicated than that. The communists across this country are turning loose violent criminals who will murder several more people, tons and tons of them before all is done. They know that. That's the point. That's why they do it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Coming up next, we have former Speaker of the House, one of the sharpest political minds I've ever talked to, Newt Gingrich, coming up. But first, Capital Punishment. It's a movie coming out. You need to go to CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com and pre-order that bad boy because you can get it for $9.99. Do you want to know what really happened on January 6th? I've got some news for you. It's like nothing you can see in the news. The true story from the people who were there, footage from people who were there, audio from people who were there. You want to know what happened? It's really, really, really bad. There's something ugly going on. We have a political persecution going on in this country. Go to CapitalPunishmentTheMovie.com. All right, we'll be back.
Well, this is a treat for me, probably the sharpest political mind I've ever met in my entire life and someone who doesn't really need an introduction, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, also author of a book, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. Let's talk about that broadly for a minute, Mr. Speaker. I don't feel like we can get this band back together again, but I sure hope I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah, look, I think America is a country of 330 million people. I think that, uh, you know, once we get beyond the current disaster, uh, that uh, we'll recover pretty rapidly. I was with Reagan back in the late 70s, early 80s, when Jimmy Carter was, frankly, um, almost not quite as big a disaster as Biden is. It took Reagan about two years to turn it around. I worked uh, some with Giuliani when he uh, took over a city that was crime-ridden and decaying and uh, took him literally two months to start having a direct impact. And uh, within two years, they had dramatically reduced the crime rate. And the city actually gained a million in population because it became safer, more desirable, friendlier. Uh, So these things can be turned around. And and I didn't want to write an anti-Biden book because I think that Biden is his own best argument against himself. And we're seeing this with the polls and also you know, things like the economy, energy, um, fail to, failure to control the border. You just go down the list. So I think the bigger question for Americans is if we're going to compete with uh, China and if we're going to remain a free country and a prosperous and safe country, uh, then what are the big changes that we need, whether Biden's there or not? And uh, you look at what just happened in Waukesha with uh, a, a criminal who should not have been out of jail, uh, killing five people and wounding another 40. You look at what's happening right now in San Francisco, where gangs are going into stores out in the open with no fear of the police, uh, up to 80 of them in one gang, uh, just stealing things, uh, basically destroying the quality of life and raising the cost to everyday honest people uh, and making San Francisco uh, begin to become uninhabitable. So we're at a turning point here, and I think we have to confront what we Americans have to do, not just what Joe Biden or Kamala Harris is doing wrong. Well, what do we Americans have to do? Because I feel like the average American now, the right-thinking American, is feeling like his country has completely left him and passed him by, or in the very least that we are two different ones, because... It's not as if Joe Biden or his administration or de Blasio or pick your scumbag on the left. It's not as if any of them are having a moment of introspection right now about how bad everything's going. They seem to be enjoying it. Sure. Look, I I think the only thing you can do with people who are out of touch with reality and who believe in big government socialism, the only thing you can do with them is beat them. Uh, That's what we just did in the recent elections. If you look at Glenn Youngkin, and I'm going to do a podcast uh, with his campaign manager, uh, today, actually, we're taping it uh, <clears throat> for release in a couple of days. And you look at what Glenn Youngkin did. Uh, he brought together Virginians of all backgrounds, uh, elected a Jamaican-born American citizen who served in the Marine Corps, and she is the first African-American woman to win statewide in Virginia, helped elect uh, the son of uh, Cuban refugees, the first Latino to be elected statewide in Virginia, won control of the legislature. But we were winning all over the country. Maybe the best example is Ed Dunn Jr., the trucker who won in New Jersey, beating the 
state senate president with about twenty three hundred dollars the most of which was spent at dunkin donuts buying uh you know donuts and, and coffee for his volunteers so uh you could tell i mean that became a race where they said not him and uh, and ed won as a consequence but we were also winning for example for the first time in 30 years a republican was elected city attorney in seattle washington so you can go to both coasts uh, in texas we uh, won a district in san antonio that was 73 percent hispanic and just the other day another uh, democratic state legislator in south texas switched parties became a republican and said that the radicals in washington no longer represented the Democratic Party they could belong to. So I think there are a lot of things going on. And my advice to people is either find a candidate or run yourself, recognize that 2022 could be a tsunami and that we have a real opportunity here to defeat uh, socialist big government and to really be in a position to uh, move the country back to the principles that work, to create jobs, create safety, uh, have a prosperous country, and at the same time, do it in a way that enables us uh, to compete successfully with China and win. Mr. Speaker, this Kyle Rittenhouse thing, obviously, it's nothing that I have to introduce you to. Everyone knows about it. But we have Joe Biden coming out saying the verdict left him angry and concerned. Uh, I'm angry and concerned myself that this kid was even brought to trial when the whole thing was on video. Why on earth would the president of the United States be angry and concerned? What is this commitment the left currently has to destroying this kid? Unpack it for me. Well, I, th I think that they uh, had invested a great deal. Remember, uh, and I think he's vulnerable to a lawsuit. Uh, when he was a candidate before he became president, Joe Biden ran an ad which had Kyle Rittenhouse in it, describing him as a white supremacist. Now, I think all of us have learned that that's totally untrue, that it was a smear and it was a defamation of character. And my guess is that Rittenhouse might well win a, uh, a, a lawsuit against Joe Biden because this had happened before Biden became president. So <clears throat> the, the left invests very heavily Whatever happens if you're on the left, it's an example of white supremacy, even if there are no whites involved. Uh, and as a result, <clears throat> uh, they always say, unless it's somebody who's white, they always sympathize with the criminal. Watch the explanations that start to come out about the man who killed people in Waukesha and uh, the notion that they really don't want to hold him accountable, even though uh, he had a long record, over 20 years, criminal record. He shouldn't have been back on the street. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet what their uh, sympathy is going to be in San Francisco, but you have a, literally a communist. I mean, not, this is not hyperbole. He's openly a communist. Uh, is the attorney general, I mean, is the district attorney in uh, San Francisco, and he said openly, he's not, he is not going to prosecute people who steal less than $900. So you have 80 people walk in a store, each of them committed to stealing only $800. I mean, and this guy is such a nutcake, he doesn't understand that when you set standards like that, which, by the way, is illegal. I mean, I don't think district attorneys are allowed to change the law. They're supposed to enforce the law. If you're going to change the law, you need the city council or the state legislature uh, to do it. Uh, but you see this all over the country. Uh, the, there's no question that the uh, district attorney in, Mil in, in Milwaukee, for example, uh, is somebody who'd follow the same kind of pro-criminal, anti-police, uh, 
Why would you lock these people up after all they've had hard lives? Well, you just saw the result. When you have a real criminal, I'm, I'm not talking about minor things. This is a guy who had a gun, who, who had a gun offense, who had an attacking women offense, who had a theft offense, uh, who was out on bail and had skipped bail, and then got a pathetic $1,000 bail, and he, shouldn't, he should not have been back on the street because he had a 20-year record. And until we're prepared uh, to be serious about this stuff, we have to confront the reality that we're going to continue to have a rising crime rate. And the truth is uh, that rising crime rate in the last year, the number of murders went up more than any other single year in American history because you've got a bunch of radicals who believe, uh, who are against the police and are basically pro-criminal. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, his book is Beyond Biden. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I appreciate you giving Great us some time. With you. Thank you. All right, we got Congressman Jim Jordan joining us next. But first, your gear is really important. And I, and I mean the quality of your gear. And we don't focus on that, right? If you go out today and you bought a new car, how many people would look at your new car and then walk over to the tires and start kicking them and poking them and say, those are good tires? Nobody, except that's the part of the car that saves your life. People buy weapons all the time. They buy ammunition all the time. They go train with it, as you should. And all these things are good. These are important. What good is any of that if your holster fails when you need it most because you bought junk from some big box hunting store? What about your belt? What about your rifle sling? Where are you getting your gear Go to Northwest Retention Systems. Put in the promo code JESSE when you go to get you 10% off. But what you're going to find there is all custom-made gear. Custom-made right here in America of the highest quality I have ever seen. NWRetention.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be right back. Joining me now, Congressman Jim Jordan and also author of the new book, Do What You Said You Would Do. Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. It's actually out today. Out today if you want to know the back the backstory of all this garbage that goes on back there and why so much has failed. Congressman, first and foremost, Attorney General Merrick Garland, you wrote him about a whistleblower. We have a whistleblower at the FBI. What are they saying? Well, he told us that, in fact, uh, contrary to what Merrick Garland said on October 21st, on the 20th, there was an email sent out to FBI agents around the country uh, telling them to put this this designation, this this label on parents called a threat tag. Um, that In essence, a terrorist tag, a terrorist label put on moms and dads for simply speaking out against this racist hate America curriculum that, that some schools are teaching. So um, Merrick Garland needs to come back, Jesse, because... He told us something that was directly contradicted by what went out from the counterterrorism division, not just anyone, the counterterrorism division of the FBI. He said, no, we're not treating parents as domestic terrorists when, in fact, the email suggests that they are doing just that. So uh, I want him to come back. And here's the question. I would ask him one simple question. What's the number? How many people now have this designation assigned to their name? How, how many parents? How many moms and dads? So um, he needs to answer some questions, and more importantly, he needs to stop doing what he put in uh, what he put into action back on on October fourth with his memorandum. 
Hey, what does having this threat tag on you exactly mean? Do we have uh, FBI surveillance vans parked outside of the homes of soccer moms across the country? What does it mean exactly? No, good question. But I'll tell you, when I first saw the email from the uh, whistleblower, my, my first reaction was, I remember this 10 years ago because we were involved in uncovering what, what, the F, uh, excuse me, what the IRS was doing. And remember, just they had that... Um, that be on the lookout, the BOLO list, be on the lookout for these terms, mm. these names, these, these type of individuals, these type of uh, groups out there protesting Obamacare and the spending and everything else that was going on at the time. So um, that's what this reminded me of. But it, in, a, in a general sense, it is government being weaponized to go after your political opponents. And it is not supposed to work that way um, in the United States. No, it is certainly not. And I guess I, this probably ties right into your book, Do What You Said You Would Do, out today. Nothing ever happened to those people yeah, from the IRS, from the Obama administration, who aimed the weapons of government at the right. And so now, I mean, you can hardly blame Merrick Garland and the other losers in this administration for feeling that they can get away with it. Yeah, because they always have. Now, again, we can't put anyone in jail. The way our great system works is we're the legislative branch, only the executive branch, only the Justice Department can do that. But we are supposed to do oversight. We are supposed to get the facts and the truth out to the American people. So that's what I'm focused on doing. I'm hopeful that, again, back with the IRS scandal, even though Lois Lerner was never held accountable and people at the IRS weren't, the fact remains that it, that it, it, it stopped. We actually, by drawing attention to it, highlighting what they were doing, they, they quit doing it. So let's hope, it, uh, hope that, that at least we can get that much done with the uh, Biden yeah. and Garland Justice Department. And then maybe at some time in the future, people who did this will actually be held accountable. Yeah, keep shining a light on them. All right, speaking about accountable, I mean, I don't know that we can do anything about this now, but this Hunter Biden, this Hunter Biden, Biden family, I, I don't even, I, I don't want to call it a crime family, but this is all so dirty. Congressman, I'm sure you've seen it. His firm helps China secure cobalt, a cobalt mine in Africa, which of course is used to create, one, it's used with slave labor lots of the time, or it's mined with slave labor lots of the time, but two, it's used to make electric vehicles right after we're passing all these really green bills. What a coincidence. Yeah, what, what, a, what, a, what a coincidence here. Now, it's, I mean, it, it, you're never, it never stop being amazed at what happens with, with Hunter Biden and, and uh, his connections, of course, to his, to his father, the president. So uh, what bothers me is at least the New York Times had the story. Because remember, a little over a year ago, we had, yeah. we had an eyewitness, Tony Bobulinski. We had actual physical evidence. We had emails. Uh, we had the eyewitness confirming the accuracy of the emails. We had, an, uh, we had the laptop, and we had the fact the FBI was investigating Hunter Biden. But still, the mainstream press said, oh, it's misinformation. It's disinformation. And I'm like, this was the most so, – and, and big tech colludes with big media to keep the American people in the run-up to the presidential election from actually having access to this information. So at least now there's there's maybe a little bit of positive, the fact that the New York Times, which you never typically can trust, but at least they ran the story. So uh, look, I don't know. Again, I think we draw attention to this and, and, and the American people have figured it out. I mean, the, the polling suggests what, two and a half weeks ago, right track, wrong track. 71% uh, of our fellow citizens think the country's on the, on the wrong track. Uh, when I first saw that number, my, my first thought was, who are the 29% who think it's on the right track? <laughs> so um, at least the American people understand what's going on. And I think they're fixing to make a big change in about 11 and a half months to the United States Congress. 
Congressman, is there a fix to the character assassination that now has become so routine with not only the Democratic Party, but the mainstream press in collaboration with them? I, I understand we want a free press, we want a free country. This, this, is, this is part of what makes us great. But where are we when we get to a place the president and major news organizations can use white supremacists? Yeah. Destroying people's reputation and lives and just saying, well, that's freedom. Man, that doesn't seem right to me. Where'd we go wrong here? Well, no, it's, it's wrong. And we need to hold big tech accountable. We need to get rid of their liability protection. We need to look at ways for private citizens can bring a cause of action against them. We need to get the antitrust issue in front of the Supreme Court in a faster, uh, quicker, quicker way. Um, so we're working on all that kind of legislation, but that's not going to pass until Republicans are in control until we have a Republican yeah. president. But, but you are right, in today's world, it's an attack on the First Amendment. Um, if you disagree with the left today, uh, you're not allowed to talk. And if you try to, they're gonna call you a racist and they're gonna try to cancel you. Now, the good news is, in spite of the left in control of everything, the left controls big tech, the left controls big media, the left controls big corporations, the left controls big sports. I mean, look at the NBA, the left controls Hollywood, the left controls higher education, the left controls the House, the Senate, the White House, and all the federal bureaucracy. But in spite of all that, Glenn Youngkin's gonna be the next governor in the state of Virginia. In spite of all that, 12 jurors in Kenosha, Wisconsin, did the right thing, focused on the facts and the truth and due process and the importance of the Second Amendment, did the right thing. So I think, you know, while the left controls everything, they don't control we the people. And we the people are the first three words that start this amazing place we call America. So I am, I am actually energized by what I've seen play out with, it started with moms and dads, mostly moms, frankly, showing up at a school board meetings and saying, no, we're not gonna tolerate this baloney. Then it was then it was what happened in Virginia. Then it's these 12 jurors. Then it's a, then it's people saying, look, we're, we're all for vaccines, but we're not for some mandate. And, and that's what's happening in this country. And, it's, and, and this, this memorandum from the attorney general, I said this in the hearing three weeks ago, I think it's the last straw. I think this is what's, what, what's prompting this. It's a catalyst for this reawakening of, of freedom in our country. And I'm encouraged by it. Congressman, I think everybody out there knows you as being one of the fighters, one of the tough guys, former college wrestlers. So I know being sentimental might be hard for you, but do you feel at all bad for Michigan and what Ohio State's going <laughs> to do to them this weekend? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, God bless the good folks in Michigan, wonderful people there, but uh, I feel pretty good about the Buckeyes' uh, chances this uh, this Saturday. And and then, then what's going to happen, Jesse, like always, I think I, I went under, I'm from Ohio, of course, my whole life here, other than four years at the University of Wisconsin. I think the Badgers are going to beat the Gophers. The Badgers will be in the Big Ten championship game. And once again, unfortunately, we'll probably lose to the Buckeyes and they'll be off to the to the playoffs. Oh. And the Badgers. I, I hate to say that, but that's probably what's going to happen. So uh, we'll, uh, but we'll see, you know, that's why I always say, that's why they kick the ball off. You know, you got to find out there's all the all the odds makers and everything else, but you got to play the game, see who's going to win, and we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. You got to play the game. The book is Do What You Said You Would Do. It is out today. Highly encourage people to go grab this thing. Congressman, thank you so much. Appreciate you. You bet, Jesse. Thank you. Keep up the fight. Happy Thanksgiving, too. You too. Good dude right there. Go Buckeyes. Sorry, Michigan. All right. Now. We have Dome and Dumber coming up next. I think you'll enjoy this one. But first, I know it's not comfortable to talk about cyber crime and how vulnerable people are. I have this conversation all the time with people because I'm still learning all the tech stuff out there. 
I mean, I'm only 40, but when I, when I grew up, I mean, crime was a guy with a ski mask and a gun on a sidewalk. It's an online world now. Everything you have, it can probably be destroyed online somehow. Your home title is online. It is not a piece of paper. It is online. It can be hacked. It's out there in the cloud. And I know it can be hacked because these cyber thieves are doing it all the time. They're wiping people out. They're getting people evicted from their homes. Or people were having to lawyer up, spend tens of thousands of dollars trying to fix this disaster. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Go sign up. Use the promo code RADIO and go sign up. When you do that, they'll detect any tampering with your home title and shut it down immediately. Believe me, it's preferred to the alternative. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We'll be back. What am I doing here? All right, it's time once again for Dome and Dumber. You know, something we don't hear enough about, something we don't talk enough about, is how truly secretive and controlled and closed off the Biden administration is, and we don't talk about why. Why would they be so secretive? What sense would it make us think about it? All the media is on their side. The media openly cheerleads for Democrats. This is not news. So why, if you're an administration like this, why would you be so hesitant to take questions? Why would you, why would you be so closed-lipped? What, what are you hiding? Are you hiding something? When I see things like this, it perks my ears up. Long efforts, and I thank the families. Thank you all. fires up the music when the reporters are asking questions? Seems a little forward, doesn't it? And it's not like this is a one-off, otherwise they just blow it off. It's happened time and time again. Time and time again. Or when he does ask questions, you remember how it usually goes. He finishes some speech where he sounds like he's about to fall asleep and then it usually goes like this. Alright, it, it says here they told me uh, 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 I'm supposed to call on... Uh, Uh, Angie with the AP. Very controlled. Very controlled. Why so controlled? Why does Joe Biden have to defer to his wife in front of the military? You are the very, very best. We owe you big. Thank you. Now, where am I supposed to go? I'm supposed to get back and see how she points. Look at this. Get back here. You can tell she's a professor, can't you? Well, I'm heading back, Joe. I promise. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, I got to introduce the chaplain. The chaplain's going to say a prayer before we eat. I know that's not a big thing, but it grades on me. That's the commander-in-chief. That's the commander-in-chief. No, I don't sign up for this modern day and age where men are just these stupid, helpless oafs. Please, almighty woman, I need help tying my shoes. I don't sign on for that. I don't enjoy that act. And I certainly don't enjoy that act when you're the commander-in-chief. Honey, uh, will you powder my butt for me? I think it's pathetic and embarrassing. And speaking of pathetic and embarrassing, Joe Biden is going to run again in 2024? There were reports that President Biden was telling allies that he is going to run for re-election in 2024. Can you confirm, is he going to run in 2024? Is he telling staff that? Yes, that's his intention. 
<laughs> no, he's not. Look, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, but I know this. Mr. Producer, write this one down, please. Joe Biden is not running for re-election. I am <clears throat> very, very sure about that. And here was Dome when she was asked about 2024. Has President Biden told you whether he's going to seek re-election in 2024? What President Biden and I started our day talking about, as we normally do, is um, bringing in members of our intelligence community to review the, the presidential daily brief and talk about classified information around threats to our national security and hotspots around the world. So you're not discussing 2024 yet? Absolutely not. Madam Vice no. President, thank you very much for your time. I know you already know this, so uh, just bear with me a moment, but... Kamala Harris doesn't care about national security. All she thinks about is 2024. It's all she thinks about. All right. Now, do you enjoy this programming on the first? I know you probably do. or You still wouldn't be watching me at the moment. I do, too. I enjoy doing it. It's, it's a blessing for me in all seriousness in this day and age where even so many of these organizations on the right tightly control what people are allowed to say. I've never been told what to say. I've never been told what not to say. If you like what you see, become a supporter, an insider of The First. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. Oh, you're going to get access to things, special things, and you're in turn going to support a company that actually does believe in the First Amendment. Doesn't just say it, practices it. Thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. This week, we have a great special for you. It actually airs tomorrow, and it's about being thankful. It's Thanksgiving specials. All, everything we're grateful for, everything that's wonderful. Don't we all complain enough? I know I complain enough. I know we're, there's plenty of bad news out there. So I think you will greatly enjoy this special. As you can imagine, we have some great guests. We have some fun. It airs tomorrow. It'll be airing a lot on the first. Enjoy that. I also want you to have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. And because I care about you, I think it's important you and I have a little conversation, a heart-to-heart. -heart. It's just you and me talking here. Are you having turkey? Are you having turkey? Why? Have you ever asked yourself why? Do you have a better answer than, it's tradition? Because if you tell me you're having turkey on Thanksgiving, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question, and I want you to not, you don't have to be honest with me. You don't owe me that. Be honest with yourself. Here's my follow-up question if you're having turkey on Thanksgiving. You go to restaurants. Maybe you don't eat out a lot. Maybe it's five times a year. Maybe you eat out all the time. It's 200 times a year. But you do go into restaurants, right? And when you go into a restaurant, you pick up a menu, and on that menu is what? The options. All restaurants have tons of options. You have to. We walk in a restaurant and I'm going to order something cheesy and unhealthy. The wife's going to get some weird quinoa salad or something. So they got to have options of fried chicken or steak or burgers or pizza. Okay, so you walk into a restaurant, you pick up a menu that gives you options. Lots of options. Have you ever once walked in a restaurant with all these options and ordered turkey? Why not? I thought it was special. That's why you're making it a Thanksgiving, right? It's special. If it was special, you'd eat it more than once a year. Thanksgiving, go splurge a little bit 
Same, the turkey costs a fortune anymore anyway. Go get something special, whatever is special to you. I don't care if it's a pizza, a steak or shrimp or lobster. Whatever you don't do the rest of the year, that's what you do on Thanksgiving. That's special. There. I just made your Thanksgiving happier. See you tomorrow.